Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank, a national association, member FDIC. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha. And welcome to Stuff I Never Told You, a production of iHeartRadio. And today we are going to be doing kind of an update on my experience of being asexual and being out as being asexual or ace because I always forget October is LGBTQ plus history month. So I knew June was Pride Month, but when I was in college, I was in Atlanta. This was still when I was commuting from Dahlonega, which is like an hour away. (laughs) And I ended up accidentally in the Pride Parade in October. (laughs) And I didn't know what was going on because I thought June was Pride Month and that's when that happens. And I got all of this glitter on my car and all these feathers on my car. And it was actually a lovely experience, but I was so confused. Um, I've learned a lot since then. (laughs) I've come a long way. (laughs) Oh, man, I'm I'm with you because I, again, not growing up in like very queer uh, community understanding is in fact, I was in a pretty anti-queer community uh, until I was out of college. But like, I didn't realize it either. And I thought it was always October because Mm. when I was like, when I finally like understood what's going on, all the celebrations that I went to was in October, including Mm -hmm. the Pride Parade. And I was like, Oh, and then learning that I was like, wait, no, this is not actually Pride Month. What's that? What? Mm-hmm. What's happening? <laughs> so I had the opposite. Oh, that's fun. Uh, well, <laughs> we've both come a long way then. Come a long way, baby. We, we have. We have. Um, so this one is going to be a lot of me talking, which is good because Samantha's still recovering uh, from COVID. Uh, so you get to hear me talk a lot. I might cry a little. I don't know. Uh, Speaking of, uh, content warning for discussions of rape, sexual assault, ableism, and suicidality. We're not going to go too in-depth into anything, but some of it's pretty... I would say it was pretty triggering. And I do want to put this at the top. I sort of hate that this happens, but it does. We're talking about ace stuff in here, but all queer people face similar things. This is not to detract attention from or say that it doesn't happen to other people. It's it, it does. It absolutely does. And we should talk about that. But for this, I am talking about 
my kind of personal experience. So, yes, it is LGBTQ plus History Month, and October also has National Coming Out Day and ACE Awareness Week, which is the last week of October. It was first started in October 2010, and I wanted to do a bit of an update on my experience since coming out on this podcast. Honestly, that's where it happened. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But because the book has come out and I came out in there, I I sort of feel like I came out again. (laughs) And it's been a little uh, difficult uh, for me. I have gotten a lot of support. I will say that. But I've definitely gotten a lot of what I talked about in the book, which is a lot of like mocking and dismissing. And I've also gotten a lot of questions about it, people who are legitimately curious. So I thought I would just go over some basics here. First of all, like, we're going to go over this, but I identify as um, asexual biromantic. You have your sexual orientation, and then there's the romantic orientation. I think a lot of people don't know that, so they get confused. Um, Recently... Lauren and I did, Lauren stepped in and did an episode while Samantha was on vacation. And Lauren and I were in a box in Las Vegas. An interesting box. <laughs> interesting box talking about the X-Files. Um, and people wrote in and they were confused because they're like, you were attracted to Scully and Mulder, but you're asexual. I can feel attraction. It doesn't have to be sexual, especially for fictional characters, especially if I like have an emotional if there's something about them that I emotionally relate to or connect to, then I feel the attraction. It's usually not sexual. Most of the time, like if I, in my fantasies of fantasies, I would like hug Luke Skywalker. Like that is what happens. <laughs> it's not sex. She I'm, just wants to cuddle him, okay? I want to cuddle and maybe kiss. That's it. That's, that's all I want. I'm blushing just thinking about it. <laughs> um, so I, I get that it's, I'm not like trying to make anybody feel bad. Um, because I didn't know this until I was on the show. I've, I've told that story several times. So I get, I totally get it. So let us go over some basics. So from C-U-N-Y, I, I'm assuming that you say the letters. I don't know. <laughs> Here's a quote. Um, Asexuality has been defined as a sexual orientation characterized by persistent lack of sexual attraction to any gender. Um, it is often called the invisible orientation. Um, and while the current estimate is that about 1% of the population is ace, some think that's on the low end because people either don't know about it or they don't feel comfortable labeling themselves that way for one reason or another. From the James Madison University, the asexuality spectrum or ace umbrella is also complicated. The ace umbrella covers many different types and degrees of sexuality. There are three most common subsections of asexuality demisexual, graysexual, and asexual. The simplest of the three is asexual, which means that one is not sexually attracted to people. Demisexual is similar to asexual in that demisexuals are not sexually attracted to people until a deep emotional connection is formed. Gray asexuals, on the other hand, experience sexual attraction very irregularly, sometimes with years in between occurrences. It is also worth mentioning that some asexuals are willing to have sex in order to please or become closer to their partners, and these individuals are referred to as sex-favorable. Others are unwilling to have sex or are disturbed by it and are referred to as sex-repulsed. And I know we've talked about this before in other episodes about asexuality, Um, Allosexuals or allos are people who experience sexual attraction. So I think this is important here where people get confused and I've probably not 
communicated it well. When I say I'm attracted to people, usually what I do mean is the cuddling and kissing part. I don't mean like the the sex part. <laughs> so some people have written in and said, it sounds like you're demisexual. Um, but it's not, I wouldn't call it a sexual attraction. It is a physical attraction. I'm like, oh, pretty. I would like to hold close now, please. Um, <laughs> but it's not like a sexual attraction. Like you're like an alien trying to uh, do human I speak. <laughs> so we're going to I would like to that. touch that, please. <laughs> we're going to talk about that. I'm playing <laughs> into the stereotype. Oh, no. Um, so here's a quote from Grow Think Tank. Asexuality is a spectrum, which means that all asexual people and their experience of asexuality are different and that it affects people of all ages, genders, and backgrounds. For example, some asexual people, the sex positives, may have sex without it necessarily giving them pleasure or constituting a need. To have a child out of curiosity, to please the partner, a bit like eating without being hungry. Some asexual people consider themselves to have a libido that is not directed towards a particular partner. They are called sex positive. Others reject sex, identifying themselves as sex repulsed. Finally, some people feel only indifferent to sex, the sex neutral or sex indifferent. Most asexuals experience romantic attraction to others and may therefore be in a relationship. A romantic asexuals, on the other hand, have no desire to have sex and no desire to be in a relationship. Finally, some asexuals have never had sexual desire or relationships, while others have had sexual desire and then identified themselves as asexual later in life. Asexual people are often referred to as ace and aromantic people as arrow. The ace of spades has thus become one of the symbols of the asexual community, as has cake, in reference to the phrase, cake is better than sex. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I knew that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought about getting that flag and putting it up. Uh, but I don't like cake that much. So it's sort of like, no, oh. She doesn't like dessert. So. <laughs> if it was like, well, pie is better than you don't even like that that much. No. Uh, I, I mean, mean there's plenty better of things than I... sex. Sure, I guess. But let's be real honest. Oysters. 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 Oh, my gosh. Samantha and I are going to get oysters later. I'm so excited. <laughs> um, so going back to the James Madison University, here's another quote. Two major misconceptions are that asexuals are celibate and that asexuality is a choice. This is equivalent to saying being straight or gay is a decision someone makes. The misconception that asexuality is a choice belittles those who identify on the asexuality spectrum. Another common misconception is that asexuals cannot fall in love. This misconception is a result of people confusing or failing to understand the difference between romantic orientation and sexual orientation. Lastly, one of the most damaging and harmful misconceptions about asexuality is that asexual people are simply confused and inexperienced, and they will change their minds once they've had sexual experiences. Not only does this viewpoint dismiss asexuality, but it also perpetuates rape culture and corrective rape. Yes. Um, misconceptions aside, there is even more active and voluntary discrimination against those who identify on the asexual spectrum. Many people do not see asexual people as humans because people believe that sexual desire is a fundamental part of human nature. In actuality, asexual people are judged, insulted, and in some cases assaulted because of their sexual identity. Heartbreakingly, a marriage can legally be terminated if a perfectly happy and loving couple does not have sex. And as surprising as it seems, couples in which one or both partners are asexual can be denied adoption rights even if they are not a same-sex couple. Asexuals can also be denied housing and jobs because of their sexual orientation, much like the rest of the LGBTQ plus community. 
the asexual community is also subject to mockery for their sexual identity. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and then here's something specific to the medical community. Quote, all of this is heart-wrenching, but there are still worse forms of discrimination that asexuals face. Discrimination by healthcare professionals is not uncommon. Many professionals believe that asexuality is a mental disorder or a symptom of an illness, mental or physical. Others have been prescribed corrective therapies such as hormone supplements and instructed, quote, to have sex until they like it. One one example a lot of people pointed out uh, was the case of Julie Decker. Uh, So here's a quote about that. Julie Decker was subjected to this fate by a friend of hers. In her statement to HuffPost, she disclosed that her friend knew she identified as asexual. Even so, he licked her face and said, I just want to help you. Decker went on to receive comments to her story like, I could turn you sexual, just give me an hour. And you are autistic, you are broken. She has even received rape and death threats such as, man, I want this chick to get raped. Please die of AIDS. Thanks. I'm going to rape this one day and show her the joys of orgasm. Just kill yourself, please, in a very painful way. And asexuals are just people who haven't been raped hard or often enough. These anonymous comments send a powerful message about what is valued in terms of sex and sexuality. And then here's another quote from that HuffPost article. Asexuality is not a thing. You're just ugly and no one wanted to date you. So you made up a thing to cuddle your lonely self as you cry into your pillow. Also, I hope you get raped. It has a dual benefit. You'll get laid finally. And put into your place as well. So, um, so there are some, I laugh because I want to cry. Um, there are some specific types of abuse that were outlined. Um, again, these are not specifically unique to asexual people, but they are, in this case, uh, things that asexual people face a lot. This is from womenslaw.org, saying there is something wrong with a victim or that the victim is broken because they are asexual telling a victim that something is wrong with their body and that is why they are asexual. Oh, and I should have specified, these are all about um, sexual assault victims who are asexual. Mocking the victim's body or making the victim feel bad about their body, responding or not responding to sexual acts, touching the victim's body without permission or in, the way the, or in a way the abuser knows makes the victim uncomfortable, threatening the victim with rape or sexual assault to cure the victim's asexuality, telling the victim that they are asexual or are confused about being asexual because no one wants to have a relationship or sex with them, threatening to tell the victim's friends, family, or co-workers about their asexuality without their permission, and stopping or forbidding the victim from speaking to other asexual people, talking about asexuality, or attending in-person or online support groups for asexual people. And then, here's a quote from Gallup. The little but growing research that there is in this area has uncovered strong bias against ace people relative to cisgender and heterosexual people, and even to cisgender, lesbian, gay, and bisexual people, asexual people were found to be the target of more prejudice, avoidance, and discrimination. Of all the sexual minorities studied, ace people were the most dehumanized, viewed as machine-like, cold, and emotionless. This demonstrates the need to address anti-asexual bias and that ace people are at the risk of experiencing violence, abuse, and discrimination. And then they went on to say, here are some things they found that people thought about asexual people. They are less than human or against human nature. They are deficient or broken. That it is a result of mental illness or sexual abuse. Um, Have not just met the right person yet. Uh, Are confused or going through a phase. Cannot experience love and have relationships. Are just proves. Uh, that asexuality is a choice rather than an orientation. 
don't face oppression and are just damaging the LGBT plus cause. And I did want to point out too, we're not really talking about it here, but many people um, get discriminated against in one way or another in the romantic spectrum, and especially arrow people, aromantic people. So just something to keep in mind. Actually, that's something that I've heard dismissed by people that I know. I was kind of surprised and they're like really open-minded. I say open-minded as like, they, are, they would call themselves allies. And then having mm-hmm. that whole rhetoric, which we had 20 years ago about uh, bisexuality, that it's just, uh, it's made up or mm-hmm. they, they, they can't decide. Mm-hmm. So they're just putting a label on it, which is interesting in itself. Like, I'm like, wow. So this is that new form where now bisexuality is getting more acceptance, still not completely accepted. We know that there's a lot of discrimination against bisexuality, but it's a whole new kind of like, oh, it's just one more thing they're adding. Right uh, to that spectrum, which I found interesting. I was like, "Why does that bother you? It has nothing to do with you." <laughs> That's kind of my whole thing with all of this. I'm like, I'm essentially, I stay in and read my right. fan fiction. Like, what am I doing? I'm to like, you? <laughs> she is a lovely person to be around all the time. Like, there's no, like, I don't understand. Yeah, I have seen, I've seen a lot against arrow people, um, prejudice because people are like, that doesn't. That's, again, like, against human nature. That's such a weird vibe. Like, it's not like... I know. It seems like there's a less of a problem when you call, like, for people to call out their friends who are rapists or, like, misogynists. Like, yeah. I've seen that, like, when we have that conversation where people don't want to believe that so many people could be someone who would assault someone because mm-hmm. that means that, that the likelihood of them knowing somebody is so high mm-hmm. that they don't want to believe that. But like, right. and so they're, therefore they accept that as a thing and being mm-hmm. like, oh no, we're going to pretend like that doesn't thing, even though it violates people. Like right. They're going to they're gonna, uh, like not see that and being like, oh no, it's not a problem. And then see this as a problem when it really is the opposite of that. Like they're living their happy go lucky <laughs> lives. I don't understand Right. Why that's affecting you. Yeah. And we did talk about this in our one of our ace or past ace episodes, but I do get, especially with like men kind of being douchebags in a lot of dating situations for women. Not not I don't know, but there is there has been a history of men being like, oh, I don't want the emotional part. So I think that's getting twisted up with t- people who are truly arrow. Right. And I, I, I get that in terms of people who have been burned by that before. But I think that's part of the issue is there's no visibility. And when people say that, they are immediately dismissed. I'm not saying there aren't bad players because there absolutely are in asexuals, aromantics. Yeah. There are everywhere. But, but for people to dismiss a whole group of people in a communities just because you don't like it or it confuses you. And it's not confusing. It's confusing when you think you have one assumption of it and then you get corrected and it's no longer confusing. (laughs) Like, you learn new things. That's great. Like, for me, I definitely had a misunderstanding and coming through, I was like, oh, because I think I I called, I said something to you, like, oh, you were this, right? And you're like, no. (laughs) I was like, oh. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, I I get it. (laughs) And it took you a minute to be like, no, that's not quite what that is. I was like, oh. Oh. But see, that's the thing. Is like, like I said, I didn't know either. Um, it's fine to not know. But I didn't get offended by that. There's yeah, exactly. Like, being wrong doesn't mean that you have to fight it. Like, no, I can't be wrong, so this doesn't exist. What? Right. And I feel like a <laughs> lot of this does go back to 
what we've been talking about, what we have talked about of the like, if someone's up front with you and they say they're whatever orientation, romantic or sexual, and then later you're like, oh, really? Like if they were up front with you, then I don't, I don't feel like you should feel that you are going to change them or that they have betrayed you in some way or that they're lying. Like I don't, that's not, I, I, I was somebody who didn't know for a while and I was in relationships and I didn't know. That's a different thing. But like if somebody tells you, no, if we're going to be in this relationship, this is, this is who I am. This is how I right. feel. This is what. And then later you're like, oh, really? You, you, what? <laughs> don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> don't I mean, that. that's, that's good for anything. And like you yes. said about relationships, including like, I don't want children. Believe them. Yes. You can come back and have that conversation later. People can change. But if somebody says something, you shouldn't just be like, oh, I will change you. Right. They can change on their own, maybe. You can change on your own, maybe. And then you have that conversation again. But you don't (laughs) try to change them or not believe what they said. Right. That's on you when it doesn't fall, when it falls apart. Exactly. Exactly. rant for a sec please pay apps are way too public what happened some rando hearted a payment from five months ago and i realized people can see my entire history who i'm paying like full names it's super weird yeah it's weird how are you paying your friends then apple cash it's all in messages you can literally send cash like a text and it stays between friends random people can't see it did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Snagajob. Snagajob is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire, part-time, or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With their easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. Visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242-424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly boring since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group Incorporated. PNC Bank, a national association, member FDIC. So we are going to go into some disturbing comments right here because we're going to talk about some ace phobia stuff, which I learned there's like four words for ace phobia, but most people know ace phobia. So this is the one we're going with. So one of the big misconceptions is an asexual person can never really be raped. That's not true. Uh, Here's a quote uh, that BuzzFeed had an article about this. 
In the 2015 Asexual Community Census, a volunteer-run project, 43.5% of nearly 8,000 ACEs surveyed reported having experienced some form of sexual violence, including rape, assault, and coercion. And we know those are usually (laughs) underreported. Here's another quote from that. Coming out to strangers as asexual or even friends, family, and partners is no small thing. People wrongly take it as an invitation to suggest you haven't found the right person yet, ask invasive questions about whether you've orgasmed, and assert that they're the one who can fix you, if only you'd wisen up and let them try. One question in particular comes up often, especially for those who have survived sexual violence. Are you asexual because you were assaulted? Aces also fight the misconception that they can't be assaulted because they're never in sexual scenarios to begin with. If you're not sexually attracted to people, you're not in those situations to be sexually assaulted. So you know, are there even asexual victims, Devin said, parroting a generalization she's heard, which obviously there are. You don't need to be in a sexual situation to be a victim or a survivor. Plus, many aces do sometimes pursue romance and sex. I feel like people don't understand what sexual assault or well, what that is in general, to think that you have to be in a situation that's right? perceived to be sexy. Like, to be... Like, what? It's bizarre. <laughs> what? It feels like a very... Is this all men? Is this what men do? Because I, <laughs> I can't imagine. I mean, I would guess, but I, I don't have the numbers in front of me. <laughs> but it feels a very... A lot of this is so hypocritical, and I'm going to talk about that in a second, because it's like... I, that we've heard the other side too, though. Like you can't have been raped because you were in a sexual situation. Like right, this, like none of this makes sense. Yeah, it's it's basically just like you can only be raped if you forcibly said no, and they are like kidnapped you essentially. Yes, exactly. That's, that's right. Exactly. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't. Here's here's a quote I found that's pretty upsetting. This is from Medium. In 2012, I met my rapist, Mr. Epperson name is for context later, at an anime con sort of event. He was a bi, cisgender, allosexual man. He knew I was asexual and promised that we could go slow if I agreed to date him. Seeing as this was my first ever experience with a relationship and being autistic and easily manipulated, I naively agreed to date him. He predictably did not hold true to his promise and forced me to become sexual with him early on in the relationship by saying, well, how will I know you really love me if you're not willing to make love to me? He was very effective at discreetly threatening me with abandonment and ostracism from the community and more later, were I to ever say no to his advances. Some months into the abusive relationship, I finally persuaded him to watch a documentary on asexuality in the hopes that he would learn how uncomfortable I was with sex. He made multiple comments on how effectively raping the male star would make him give up asexuality. He was a feminist, though, so he never called what he did rape. He referred to asexuals featured as creepy freaks. He boasted about how he had cured me and turned me into a normal person by threatening me and guilting me into allowing him to do what he wanted to me. He commented on what a sad, empty life the male star must have, not knowing the joy of having an Epperson dick inside of him. He and his mother, a cisgender bisexual woman, were laughing by the end of the documentary about the freaks who need help. He later admitted that he targeted me specifically because he was interested in curing a weirdo like me. Yep. Yep. And I've heard this stuff too. Um, it is a very, there's something broken with you. I can fix it. 
And it's strange because, and we're not going to go into it too in depth in here, but it's, it's all wrapped up in this idea that you must, in some way, because our society is so strange around sex, right? Especially gay sex, that it's like you must be in some way messed up. And for some people, that can be true, but that's a thing to assume and also not something you should get. It's <laughs> not your business. And maybe it's not true at all. But either case, <laughs> just know that's messed up. That's messed up. <laughs> um, <laughs> there's another... Um, a common thing that comes up is can an asexual person ever be discriminated against? Here is a quote. Aces often talk about the idea of the unassailable asexual, which is someone whose asexuality is begrudgingly accepted by the mainstream because there's no other plausible reason for their disinterest in sex. Someone who's white, cis, neurotypical, not too old or not too young, and with no disabilities and no history of sexual trauma. If someone who could seemingly have their pick of sexual partners abstains from sex, then they must not have chosen this identity after all. Aces for more marginalized backgrounds often have more difficulty finding acceptance, let alone becoming public faces for the community. And then from Swaddle, Asexuality shares a particular tumultuous relationship with queerness, where queerness has been defined by sex, expressing it, having it, and most importantly, taking pride in it. Asexuality decenters the primacy of sex in our culture. So again, I think this is, we've talked about this in our past episodes, and I've talked about this a lot with like feminism, because I want women to not be shamed for having sex and having as much sex as they want is healthy, consensual sex. But I also feel like there should be a space for you know what? I don't want that. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it nothing being wrong with, with either. And then here's another one. I've heard this one a lot. Isn't an asexual person just someone no one wants to have sex with? I've heard people say this about me. Ew. Yeah. Um, well, you also proved that point wrong <laughs> with the weird advances that happen. They're like, why are you doing this? Well, it's so funny because they say that and they immediately are like, I'll have sex with you. Right. I'm like, what? <laughs> immediately like disproving themselves. Like, but I also like, I don't think we should be proving worth this way. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's, that was the other part of this is like when we talked about people saying, you know, asexuals because they have too much trauma or that. First of all, it's not just asexual. This is everyone who has trauma and they mm-hmm. react to it differently. Everybody reacts to it differently. Someone becomes overly sexual. Um, hypersexual is what we call it. And we've seen that. I've seen that with a lot of child uh, sex abuse cases. Like, and that's a big sign. Like, all these different things are signs everywhere that trauma affects sexuality in general, whether it goes from one part of the spectrum to the other. And it's kind of like, even if it is based on trauma, if that's what part of their healing is, then let it be. Mm-hmm. Like, because I've you're right, I've heard it for not only for asexuals, but I've heard it for like gay men again, and then promiscuous women and, right. and all these things. Like, there's so many things. Like, it's because you've been traumatized. I mean, like, you're probably not wrong, but I'm also cisgender, uh, like, <laughs> sexual, heterosexual person who was also traumatized. <laughs> so, like, it's a thing for everyone. Mm-hmm. It just is. And I, and you accept me the way I am even though I have trauma based on that as well. Like, mm-hmm. there's so many things to that conversation. It's like, well, if this is the reaction to trauma, which is not the case, because obviously we all handle it differently. Like, you and I are very much on different parts of the spectrum. Going through similar trauma, 
Right. So it's not necessarily a reaction to trauma. Trauma just happens to be there. Right. Point blank. That's yes. And that was a big realization for me because I did. And I, listeners, you have heard me talk about this because I really struggled with that. I was like, maybe it could be this or this or this because I've been fed that like the my whole life. Like, here's your drugs you can take to improve your libido. Here's like all these things you can do because this is wrong with you. And this it was a real revelation I had on this show where people were like, you know, it kind of in the end of the day doesn't matter. That's how you identify. You feel comfortable with it. You feel good. Then that's it. Like, and that's how that's how I feel. Exactly. And maybe coming to that realization is part of that healing. You're like, oh, honestly, perfect. yeah. Because <laughs> for a while I was, I got this so in my head like this. Yeah, something must be wrong with me. But when I was finally just like, you know what? I feel comfortable. Like this feels right. Then it was. It was a very settling in myself moment. And here's a quote that kind of relates to that from Victim Service Center of Central Florida. Uh, Sometimes when someone experiences sexual violence, the construct of sexual orientation is questioned. This is because society's norm is heterosexual. When someone identifies as heterosexual, no one asks, how do you really know if you are heterosexual? Or are you heterosexual because you are sexually assaulted? I like to say that for whatever reason you identify as ace is valid, you can still identify as ace even if you think something caused your lack of attraction. The reality is we will never know. I believe I was born ace, and I am okay with that. You know, thinking about that quote in itself, like we know a lot of who who people who are queer but were afraid to come out was because of trauma of being told that they can't be queer. Exactly. (laughs) So they tried to identify as heterosexual, but you're like, wait, but are you? It's because of the trauma. (laughs) It's probably you know, like probably traumatized. The honesty of it all. (laughs) It's true. And I talked about that in the book. I was so afraid to do it. I would like have nightmares when I was in seventh grade. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, please don't let me be gay. God, I can't handle it. Like it's it's heartbreaking. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) And speaking of, um, here's another quote. Um, 50% of asexual people have already seriously thought about suicide and 14% have made an attempt, according to a 2016 study. Um, And here's something that kind of resonated with me. This is a quote from Ace in the Hole. My asexuality became dangerous while trying to navigate my first adult relationship. One of the first few people I came out to was my then partner. And after his first reaction of dismissing me entirely, he became angry. He said I had lied, that it was akin to cheating. It was the only time in our relationship that I was afraid he would hit me. This anger from men became an alarmingly common theme. When I was single, I struggled with disclosing in the early stages of meeting someone. It was a deal breaker for a lot of men, and I didn't want to waste their time. But I also didn't know these men well. I didn't have the confidence that they wouldn't attack me, personally or physically, for a perceived challenge to their masculinity. Women are taught from an early age to manage the egos of the men in their lives, from fathers and husbands to co-workers and bosses. We are to keep the peace and avoid rocking the boat. Asexuality disrupts that. Saying that you aren't sexually attracted to anyone becomes a personal slight. It reinforces fears that they aren't desirable, undermines the self-worth of a self-conscious man, and ultimately challenges the status and power in the society. As a woman, this is a risky thing to do. So yeah, it's true. I mean, it's like we've talked about that too, where, you know, we have to manage. You can't just say no because then men get mad, but then they are mad at you because you didn't just say no because you like led them along. You teased them. You teased them. It's a similar thing. Yeah, it's like, unless I trust you enough, and it's hard to tell people like, oh, hey, I'm asexual. 
And I'm probably not going to tell you that the first time I meet you. <laughs> right. There was a whole incident with a woman saying no to a person and then them getting, getting mad and then him hitting oh her with gosh. a brick. <laughs> that just happened. Um, and people blamed her, saying that she's always going after people anyway, so she probably deserved it. And then, like, there was evidence, clear evidence. And the dude came out and he was like, yeah, I didn't like her attitude wow. and her telling me no. <laughs> wow. They still didn't well. believe her. And so <laughs> I didn't her. like her attitude. Woo. What? Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you wonder why we are <laughs> hesitant. <laughs> right. We play along and we give you a fake number and then fake a boyfriend or husband, no, which doesn't no, often stop like, people. Oh, I'm better than that guy. Oh, my gosh. Or they don't let you have a friend. Nope. Nope. They let you out. Well, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um. <laughs> I ran away. It's fine. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Snagajob. Snagajob is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position, warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With their easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. Visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242-424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands. Not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly boring since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank, a national association member FDIC. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. Another thing that we've been talking about throughout this uh, is this whole idea like, yes, you have to change. You have to change the, the drugs I talk about, like, you have the magazines that say you have to have sex two or three times to be fulfilled. It's just like kind of constant barrage of this is what it is. This is if that's not what's going on for you. And that's even for people who might not be asexual, just not have much of a libido, like still telling you something's wrong, trying to sell you this medication. How do you know if you've never tried? And I kind of hate this because this I have had sex I didn't want. I've never had sex I enjoyed. But I did it because of this. And I also, like, I hate that. But I also, a lot of times, I don't think I've ever clarified this. Because I've said I've done it out of fear. Sometimes it's not fear of, like, abuse. Sometimes it is. 
But sometimes it's a fear that if I do it once, I'm such a people pleaser, I'll be trapped in this and they'll, they'll expect it. And I know that I'll do it. So it's almost like, even if I'm not necessarily afraid of like some kind of physical abuse, I'm afraid that I will just do what they want. Because that is more important mm-hmm. than anything I would need or want. Right. I mean, we've talked about it many a times where we just try to get it over with quickly mm-hmm. so that we can get moved on and hope for the best and then just never talk to them again. <laughs> Again, I laugh because it's sad and true. Uh, But yeah, I mean, essentially, and I just, I've been in several situations where I feel like I communicated that and I wasn't really believed. And then it did turn into resentment. Right. Because I I was like, if if this happens once, I'm afraid it'll just be expected. And then I, I, I'll just do it. So that's definitely something that resonated with me when I was reading about it. I do, as I said, I think people get confused about the biromantic bit. They hear that I'm attracted to somebody, although they're almost always fictional characters. Um, and they're like, so you do want sex? I'm like, no. Attraction is no. not the same thing. Because <laughs> no. we're attracted to many people. Doesn't mean I want to have sex with them. Exactly. I can be like, oh, look, they look so good. And that's yeah. it. That's it. <laughs> I just want to pet their face. Exactly. Pull pet their, their head. Hair. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> give him a cookie. Yes, literally. <laughs> yes, and and like like I said, this is there's so much double standards in this because I I keep going back to this point of like, especially with women, you can't be too sexual, but you better want to have sex with a man when he wants it when you're married, and all of that's being said to a lot of us who have been raised believing sex is taboo and you don't talk about it and it's bad. And then it's like, yeah, but when you get married to a man, then when he wants it, it's A-OK. But then I'm like, I just don't want it. And they're like, no. (laughs) Wait. (laughs) That's wrong, too. Have you heard that to consummate a marriage in most religions, you have to have sex? As well as that's your purpose. Yeah. And you have to have kids or else what are you even doing here? What are you not? You're what, wasting what our time. You <laughs> not traveling all over the world and just enjoying your life. Right. And and to be clear, like that hurts. That narrative hurts like people who can't have kids and want them. But right. also plenty of people who can have kids and don't want them um, <laughs> of all types. Another thing, uh, being asexual is not against the law in most places, mostly because people don't know what it is. Um, but that means that ace people who are seeking asylum are not included under uh, the LGBTQ plus applicants for the status. Of course, saying that, it is worth recognizing the other side too because being trans or homosexual is punishable and against the law in several places. So just to keep that in mind. Um, in the UK, uh, it is still recognized as a medical disorder, meaning ace people are 10% more likely to get pushed to get conversion therapy. Um, and it is not recognized under the 2010 Sexual Orientation Equality Act. Uh, New York's Sexual Orientation Non-Discrimination Act of 2003 is one of the only pieces of legislation that mentions asexual people. The American Psychiatric Association recognized asexuality as a sexual orientation in 2013. Here's another quote I want to include from Grow Think Tank, because I've heard this a lot too. It should be remembered that asexuality is not a puritanical or religious movement seeking to advocate abstinence. It has nothing to do with morals or ethics since it is neither a choice nor an opinion. Asexual people are not against sex, nor do they want to prevent anyone from having sex. Yeah. 
Uh, <laughs> safe, consensual sex, go for it. I'm all about it. Also, a lot of comments people will say are, if you're talking about it, it means you're uncomfortable with it, which I think is ridiculous. And then here's my final quote. Asexuality is a sexual orientation that is different from heterosexuality. Um, heteros are both heterosexual and heteromantic. Asexuals can be cisgender, heteromantic, and asexual, as well as transgender, homoromantic, and asexual. The inclusion of the asexual persons in the LGBTQI plus community, therefore, does not mean the inclusion of cisgender and heterosexual persons. There is also a myth of the cisgender and hetero asexuals claiming to be asexual in order to infiltrate the LGBTQI plus community. This reminds us of the TERF discourse asserting that transgender women are men disguised as women to integrate feminist movement. So this was in um, kind of going back to something you said earlier, but this was in uh, relation to a lot of um, kind of conspiracy theories that asexuality was just invented by straight people to get into queer spaces. <laughs> um, Hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh. I mean, and that's the thing. As you said, that, like bisexual people did and still face that in the queer community. Um, trans people did and still face that too. So um, I feel like there's been progress. And like I said, I this isn't about comparing hardships because we already know that pitting marginalized people against each other only helps those that are oppressing us. I think it is important to recognize intersections. I think it's important to keep context in mind, but I feel like a lot of times it kind of breaks my heart because this conversation, a lot of conversations like this uh, devolve into, uh, well, you're not really queer or well, you're taking up space or well, why are we talking about this when we should be talking about this? Um, so I'm not about that. I feel like oh, there's room to talk about all of this and we should talk about all of this. Right. I think that's the thing is like, I hate that you even have to acknowledge or, or uh, put that as a caveat because you should be able to talk about your identity and what you are going through and understanding the differences and why it's important to talk about these precise uh, labels and or uh, identifications. And I don't think it's a bad thing. Like, <laughs> it's odd if someone who is in the marginalized communities be like, but but it doesn't obtain to me. Mm -hmm. So I don't, it, it's not important. Again, this is kind of that narrative where we're like, hmm. This is why intersectionality is important mm -hmm. and that when we say intersectional, we mean room for everyone and that we should hold space for everyone and to look at the bigger picture. Yeah. And we've talked about that a lot. Like this idea of like there's not enough space. That's such a that's just maintaining the status quo of like keeping marginalized people in the margins. Like there's space to talk about this and everything else. So, yeah, Um and I, I do think it affects everyone in the queer community and not all of this stuff. So thank you for going on my crash course. <laughs> I'm still learning, too. Thank you for sharing. <laughs> yeah, I learned some new things today. I'm like, wow, okay. Yeah, I'm still learning, too. I'm still learning, too. Honestly, a lot of the like questions I've gotten have legitimately been really genuinely curious. Like, they want to know. And I appreciate that. So hopefully this helps. Hopefully this helps. And I really appreciate all of the support I've gotten from you, Samantha, and from listeners. It means a lot. So yeah, if you have any thoughts about this, um, I know some of you have reached out about resources. If you want any resources, I can send those to you. Or if you have resources, you can send those to me. 
<laughs> you can email us at stephanieatmomstuff at iheartmedia.com. You can find us on Twitter at momstuffpodcast or on Instagram and TikTok at Stuff One Never Told You. We have a tea public store and a book where, yes, I do talk about this. Uh, you can get it at stuffyoushouldreadbooks.com or wherever you get your books. Uh, thanks, as always, to our super producer, Christina, our executive producer, Maya, and our contributor, Joey. Thank you. <laughs> I love the accent. Um, and thanks to you for listening. <laughs> Stefan never told you his production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can check out the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly boring since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group Incorporated. PNC Bank National Association, member FDIC. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.